1: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: It's time to kick off with Dirt and Spray.
3: The Philadelphia Eagles are going to the Super Bowl again. And Nick Sirianni in his second season has taken this team to the final game of the season. Good! This game is over! You can't doubt the Chiefs! You can dislike the Chiefs! You can disrespect the Chiefs! You're gonna have to deal with the
2: Chiefs! This is a Super Week edition of Dirt and Spray.
0: Brought to you by George McCoy at Warren Allen Attorneys at Law. Injured? Don't trust just anyone to something so personal. Call George McCoy at Warren Allen. Online at warrenallen.com.
4: Super Week with Dirt and Spray on 1080. I still have not Process it. I still can't believe it. The fan. All right. in the Rose City time for and one day, one day, one
0: day. 43 for Reno. Rambo! 59.
4: Oh, I can't wait to hear it on Sunday, baby. What is happening? Last one. Last one, boys. The last ride. I will remember you doing it. (laughs) This is it, man. It's all over. I know. I'm kind of depressed. And I hate, you know, here's a weird thing. You said this yesterday, how you like lose momentum for the game and the energy's not quite there talking about it. And we have a lot of football to get into today. We will talk about the Blazers' absolute disaster of a day. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> we got a lot of second round books. Wow. We're rich, bitch. Yeah, five of them. But we'll get to the football 99. game. Nine. I kind of <laughs> don't like that this 99. is our this is our last game. I know it sucks, and not because it's the last football. It just it's such a corporatized event. Oh yeah, that you angle. know what I mean, like the commercial breaks and. You know, Rihanna, I'm excited to see what Rihanna is. Rihanna's smoking hot, and I, I'm i just a big fan of her business ventures that she's created. I mean, you could YouTube any Rihanna concert, and guess what? She's hot in all of them. I've seen Rihanna perform. There you I, go. I said this before. This is where she, like, super blew up. She was okay. Yeah, okay. She didn't really dance. She kind of just sang, and, like, she has a good voice. But uh, I'm expecting a good show. It's just such a corporatized football game that it—, it I know it sounds dumb, because it's a Super Bowl, but like it loses a little bit of football luster for me. Yeah, it's not quite know? the same. There's no home field advantage. No. You're not going into a raucous environment. Right. It's not an insane crowd. The game takes forever because you have all the dumb pomp and circumstance pregame. Yeah. Remember last year it was the Rock. Like we couldn't kick the game off because the Rock had to be on the field with a motivational. Can you smell what I'm cooking? Like, can we just kick the damn game off, please? He can't. So I've I've noted this before. If he shows up on my TV, I'm sending out a very angry tweet. So I he's done like two or three more public events where he's gone out and talked like that and I noted this last year. He doesn't say if you smell. And I've said this last year. I think the WWE owns that the trademark to that phrase. They probably they did. Cuz why else would he never say yeah, that? That's yeah. his thing. Yeah, that was his go-to. Right. Do you smell what I'm cooking? But I'm with you. I I don't need the rock to pump me up. No, I, I don't need to It's I the super bowl. The college
2: football <laughs> national championship does it a lot better. It takes forever to get to it. We wish it yeah. wasn't on a Monday night, but <laughs> yeah. you've got, you have the fan bases of those schools that yeah. travel and half the stadiums, this half the stadiums, different color, and they are jacked up out of their minds. Students, a road trip, you know, they pile 10 dudes in a van and <laughs> go to it. And they're just, you know the dream is alive. You know we wish that there were some different teams showing up. Thank you, TCU. This past you, even though
4: you got your ass handed to you. you yeah, had that, was performance in, in that was ever, over. That was the worst, but ever. But yeah, they I made Oregon Duck fan happy. They did. Yeah. We're not the worst. We're not the worst. Exactly. <laughs> But yes. No, I'm with you. The college, and, and it's not quite the same. I I, mean, I know it's a – I've been to a national championship. It is very corporate. It is corporate. But yeah. I, I'm And I'm granted, I've never been to a Super Bowl. But from what you've heard about Super Bowls and but what people tell But the bulk you, of the fans are from
2: yeah, the fan bases of the two teams. There's yeah, still some corporate people there. It's a though. pretty
4: even 50-50 split, too, in most yeah. of these big-time games. Yeah, you're, but You guys the are right. Super Bowl, you're right. It's – it's just corporatized. It it does take a little bit. Like, I'm excited for the actual football to be played. Yes. Yeah. But the, the corporatization of the game itself. Just get me to the start of it. It, it takes for from about yeah. 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2
2: o'clock until the kickoff seems to take for six hours
4: which is why the waste management is so Ah, perfect because you don't have to watch any of the pregame crap. You watch drunk people throwing beer cups on a green on a golf course. And you're like, this is cool. And then it leads right into the game. If I didn't work in this industry, I think I've said this before, but like the commercials end up becoming a part of the conversation on Monday. And we talk about them in the halftime show and the whole broadcast, like Monday show is essentially three hours on the Super Bowl unless something else crazy happens. That's why I love that show. But if I, if I didn't have the need to talk about it at work, I would legitimately throw my phone in another room and I would wait like an hour into the game. I wouldn't start right away and I just DVR it. And I would I would go from commercial to commercial because I did that. I had to work the night of the NFC and AFC championship games and getting home and watching the AFC championship game and I avoided every spoiler. I didn't look at my phone. Nobody ruined it for me. Ended up being a great game, so I'm glad nobody ruined it for me. Fat, like, I can't even begin to tell you how good of an experience that was. Mm-hmm. It blew my socks off. because Fast-forwarding from commercial break to commercial break, skimming through the ends of the quarters, the halftime crap that you got to yep. go through. Like, it was amazing. I still ended up taking about an hour and 45 minutes, I think, to watch the game. But just having nothing but football jammed into an hour yeah. and 40-minute window was absolutely glorious. I'm aware that you don't care, but I would argue on what you just said I, I still, if I didn't do this job, I'd still watch sports. I wouldn't follow certain things. I'd, like, stop caring at all even a little bit what would you let go brandon i I, i'm sorry i i i hate college basketball i think it's a trash product i have no interest in it my team sucks they always do they got smoked last night and also like the best teams they're winning the final score 70 to 45 i'm like I, i don't care about this at all but don't worry guys in three weeks we're gonna fill out that bracket i'll pretend to care we'll fill out that bracket together they got a lot of senior leadership i like their point guard that being said I could never DVR the Super Bowl. You couldn't do it. No way. See, I don't care about the commercials, but see, like I, I'm, I'm bitching about the corporatization and the mm-hmm. length of the game and all of the, the circumstance around it. But it's still like an event, and it, you're still either watching, especially if you're not in this industry. Aren't you going to watch probably more likely than not with family or friends? Uh, no, I don't watch with anybody. Well, I know you don't watch with anybody <laughs> now because you're weird. And no, it's your uh, job. even if I was, even if I wasn't in this job, I wouldn't want to watch with it. Oh, really? So, there's, yeah. there's
2: always a gathering, oh, yeah. even if no, it's, I don't even no, if ga- it's I low no key with wow. family. No. But like, if my family get, that's like. 10, 12 people yeah. still, uh, just family. We're just hanging out and nobody, you know, there's it's the last no
4: football game of the year for me. Yeah. I want to, I'm, I want to enjoy every moment of that game without any side dis- mm. distractions or discussions. We're going to have probably 25 people at my house on See, Sunday. That's too much. You got a lot going on. There's noise being made, weird mm. conversations happening. I ignore the conversations. I'm great at <laughs> yeah. it. Fortunately, I can ignore people. Yeah, I 11. can. I, if somebody's talking in the background for me and I'm trying to watch a game, all I can hear is the person talking in the background. Uh. Well, I mean we I wanted to I want to do pizza, right? We're gonna do some other things, but I wanted to do pizza as kind of the main staple. It's easy. Pizza's easy to do. There's yeah. no real mess, right? It's grab, eat, paper plate goes in trash. there you go. no dishes. I was just gonna do with a traditional I'm gonna get like four from Papa Murphy's and call it good, right? Yeah. And then yesterday on a group chat, I had my my wife's cousin, my cousin, she says, I'm getting I'm getting pizza from Walerie's. And if you don't know what Walleries is, I don't know what Walleries is. Oh my God! Do Never you know what Walleries is? Never heard of where it. Where are oh, they? <laughs> Walleries is a a fantastic local pizza joint in Salem, mm-hmm. and I'm not lying when I tell you it is the best. Is and it gonna stay hot
2: driving from Salem out?
4: To I don't. I don't care. Where? We have an oven. I'll okay. warm it up for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, re-eat All it. Right. I mean, pizza. Oh, that's one of amazing. the great things about pizza is that it does. Like even if it's lukewarm, it's still amazing. Yeah. You're still eating pizza. And, and look, it's pizza. Pizza's pizza. I I know. I get it. Papa Murphy's, Walleries. There's probably not a huge gap, but that gap <laughs> yeah. that exists. Oh, they're pepperonis. They turn into little grease bowls. Oh, well, they come. In, they uh, cup yeah. up. Oh, they cup uh, up. The Cheese ratio to sauce ratio. The crust. It's wood fire <laughs> pizza. Oh! She said, I'm getting Walleries, and I got so excited. I "I can't wait for Sunday. I'm going to get so fat on Sunday. I got to
2: trigger something up for the crew.
4: I already got all my wings ready to go. I'm making like 48 wings for myself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just all day, all day wing bench. I think baby. you're going to eat all of them. I probably will. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to smoke them super early. In the, like I'm going to get up. Oh, you're smoking them. I'm smoking them oh, in the morning. It's the They're supposed to, to be dry it. on Sunday. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just going to have multiple bowls of different wings. And then you graze. That's, that's the best thing about this. You yeah. don't want a big meal. You don't want like a prime rib. Right. You want grazing food that you can just kind of go grab snack on whenever you get hungry. I, I know my nickname on this station is either Soy Boy or Medium <laughs> Pizza Sprague. But I'm going to tell you right now, I've actually eaten really healthy in the year of 2023. Like kale, smoothies, you know, stuff like that. Look at you. I am going to be a gluttonous piece of crap on Sunday. I'm going to eat so much. I'm going to take like four dumps. (laughs) I'm putting myself in that position. Welcome to the club, buddy. Welcome oh, to the club. It's gonna feel great. It does Sometimes you gotta yes. sometimes you gotta clear out the cheese system. Cheese
2: products that don't have any natural cheese in them.
4: <laughs> yeah, a lot of good Eight chips. different
2: kinds of potato chips or something. Well, oh, one yeah. of the families oh, coming is yeah.
4: they're Mexican and uh the wife, she's she's a great cook. Like Cooks authentic del- bomb Mexican food. Oh, we're doing like deep, like flautas. Like I don't know. Fried. I said she said what? What can I bring? What should I bring? Initially, I said nothing, and I said you know what? <laughs> what does every great party need? With chips, <laughs> you got to have a good salsa, a good queso, a good dip, a good yeah. dip, A guacamole. I, said, I just want her to do a dip. Mm, and queso. I don't know what that's going to be. Love queso. It's probably going to be some cheesy beans, some mm, queso. Mm, you know, it's going to be, an, look, God, could you, you sound like you're horny. <laughs> you okay over there, Swag? Do you love queso? You love queso that much? I Break a button queso. on the board, you doing all right? No kidding. Yeah, man. Poke I a hole queso. in the I bottom of Jesus. the desk. I, Did you ask for consent from the queso first? <laughs> I mean, Jesus. You got to get a yes. Yeah. I mean, we were talking, he's like, mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I had, well, I had the, uh, Rub it on my body.
2: the late meal as I was driving home from the pilot's big victory last night.
1: Like, hey, uh, they
4: didn't lose. There we go. No, That's like, why you're talking and smiling. That's why he's in a good mood today. <laughs> yeah, they got to win. People don't see it, but, man, sometimes he looks like an a-hole and doesn't even talk to us. And I'm always like, what did we do? And Dirt's like, did the Pilots win? <laughs> <laughs> we got to start playing that fun game live on the air the morning after a Pilots game because right. I, I have no clue if they won or not, unless it was a situation like Saturday where people tweet us, have you checked on Swag? Uh, right. We need to just be like, I never look. I don't know. We just like look at Pilot Swag. Pilot Nation
2: has still not gotten <laughs> over that. Four My
4: minutes way. into the show, look Coaches, over and say, players, and "Win fans. or no win, and we'll we'll play. We'll start playing that game. It's an easy game to play. Today actually. was an easy guess yeah. of a win. Uh, I have one question, and then we'll get the show going today because we got a lot to try to get into. It's our football Friday. It's our last football Friday. Last
2: football Friday.
4: Oh. We got to deal with the Blazers. We will deal with the Blazers. College football
2: button their nose into life. Mm. Big Twelve has a
4: resolution. Oh yeah, I saw that. That's right. Uh, we can get to that. Uh, I have a quick question, and do not like linger on this. Okay. So I golfed yesterday. Good for you. It, it was a little windy, a little windier than uh, I it thought. It was glorious God, yesterday how perfect. afternoon. Perfect. I felt like it, Andy it was Dufresne nice. on the roof with a beer yesterday. It, yeah, I had like several holes <laughs> in the sun where I did that. I turned and I just like put my face up and I smiled in yes. the sun. <laughs> it's like the LeBron meme. I can't believe this is my life with oh, in the pool like I that. Know. That was me yesterday. I just looked at the sun and I said, "Give me your D." <laughs> Yeah, I love it. It felt amazing. It was right in my face. Um, you you need vitamin D in your life. So we 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 golfed, and uh, I I ended up shooting a score that I I would say, it's the best feeling in the world for not very good golfers, and it's the worst possible score with a group of friends. Because you know when you're golfing, I'm not I'm not. Sometimes I'll ask Dirt or you or whoever I'll be like, hey, what do you at the turn? Like especially if Dirt's cooking, I'm like, man, you're like man. three over at the turn, two over. And I normally don't keep track of what people are doing. I'm trying to stay in my own head, my own score. Is there a worse score for middle of the road to bad golfers with a group of friends than when you finish and you plug the score in and everybody gives their score and you go, 89? I would argue there isn't. Because 89 is a score where you didn't play your best golf, but you did enough to stay in the 80s. But it's also a number that people go, how many holes did you fudge to get to 89? <laughs> You think people are accusing you I of cheating for so. your eighty nine? Huh? I don't. I don't. Yes, when the other group is when the rest of the group is in the nineties, uh, and you break okay. the nineties and you get to the eight, like I bogeyed the last hole, I missed sure. the putt, and I'm like, damn it! And then I clicked the score. I didn't really know what my score was at that point, even, and I clicked it, inputted, it, and it said eighty nine, and I went, oh, okay, not my best round. I literally got to the tee box, took a club out, swung it. That was how the round started. I had a great back nine. And I got an eighty nine, and I, I nobody says anything, but in my mind, I'm like, how many people in this group don't believe me? Um, <laughs> I hate the number eighty nine. Yeah, I wouldn't. And now I'm a little different because I probably wouldn't be higher than that. But if you told me you shot an eighty nine, I wouldn't accuse you of cheating. No. Well, you, yeah, but you're shooting an eighty on a bad day. Like well, sure. You don't care that I shoot an eighty nine. <laughs> swag would be a kind of guy where Swag can be an eighty three, and Swag can be a ninety six. It yeah. just depends on yeah. the day. And I don't think he would care either because he's classy I, golf I have, guy i've been there right i've been <laughs> on both sides of <laughs> i know that feeling but i just think it's an awful number to end on well see i think for you you should be more prideful because you broke 90 yeah. oh, conditions am, aren't great I, I am prideful yeah and who cares if anybody thinks yeah. you cheated man? ball's not rolling Screw them. Ball's not flying. who the hell are they i i will say i don't public i don't give a lot of love Glendivere's greens are rolling like summer greens right now. There we go. Right. Baby, Immaculate let's go. shape. Let's fantastic. Go, a lot of mud, but you kind of expect that in the fairways. So. Yeah, you're going to get that from this, this time of year. Yeah. And that's the other tough part of why you can't actually post your score and why keeping score doesn't really matter this time of year. It doesn't. No. Is that it's just, it, there's going to be times where you get to the, your ball in the middle of the fairway and you got to clean it up right. and your ball is halfway plugged and you're like, all right, I got to move that. Like, mm-hmm. it's not technically a full accurate score because you're playing winter rules and you are live clean and in place. Well, I've turned this into flop shot Friday. That's my bad. We'll get back into football Friday. What, what do you guys want to start with today? I, I've have a lot of things we can get to. I, don't uh, I know. think we
2: just need to deal with the blazers, get it out of the way and move on.
4: Yeah. Let's get them out of the way. Okay. We got KT at six 30. Do we want to go blazers KT or do we want to do blazers after KT? Cause it, we could sandwich Blazers around KT. Yeah, okay. we're going
2: to need more than one segment, I think, to get through it okay. all. Okay,
4: this is what we'll do. We'll do Blazers, we'll get to KT, get his Super Bowl picks. I'm sure he'll give us wrong information on Gatorade color. <laughs> and then we'll get back into Blazers, and then we'll we'll dive into the Super Bowl, okay? There's a lot. Of, we got picks to do. we got Sprague in line today. Uh, a lot to discuss. Dirt and Sprague, let's get it going on a football Friday.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
4: All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you on this beautiful football Friday. I um, I was on the golf course tracking the NBA trade deadline yesterday on my phone, and I was with Blazer fan. That was, that was a unique experience. <laughs> There was a lot of anxiety and energy. I I took the dog for a walk. We were you know, just around the neighborhood, and I'm surprised I didn't run into multiple garbage cans because I was just staring <laughs> down at my phone the entire time. Just like, give me something. And people texting me, you hearing anything? It's like, no, I got nothing. Are you hearing anything? So... It was a it was a, a exotic ride to disappointment yesterday for Blazer fans. Wait, were there people that worked in media texting you to ask? No, I didn't. Like buddies, like, hey, do you got any tips? And then you followed up yeah, by like, asking hey, them, "You got any tips? I got nothing, man. I'm not plugged in. I don't know what the hell could happen." Well, we had predictions before we left the station yesterday, and I love that one of our listeners <laughs> tweeted me and was like, "Yeah, the morning show, not a good slot for the trade deadline." I need your reactions now, because <laughs> trades were going on, and I love that. The first one, I think, legitimately came down at like 9.20-ish, I think, the the next trade after we got off the air. We didn't, yeah, it wasn't the first Blazer trade. I mean, you had the heart one the night before that we obviously talked about yesterday. I feel like we didn't miss it by much. The Bible
2: trade was right around 9.30. The Bible trade, because I saw it
4: right when I got home. I opened my phone up, and I'm like, oh, great. They already made a trade.
2: And then the GP2 thing was right before the deadline. Yeah, that's right.
4: That's right. That happened later, and that was the, whoa. Um, What would you say we're doing here? But we had, you know, we made predictions. Uh, Dirt, I believe your prediction was you didn't think they'd make another trade. Mm -hmm. They made multiple trades. They did. And Swag thought they would make a trade, and I believe I thought they'd make a trade. And I was hoping, and I probably said this in some way, that they'd trade Yusuf Nurkic.
2: Yeah, I think that's the biggest disappointment. He's still on the roster.
4: That's absolutely a disappointment for me because this team's not good. They probably got worse, and now you're going to bring back malcontent, pissed-off, moody guy, (laughs) who I'm sure is just going to be great for the young players that have journeyed their way all the way to Portland, Oregon. Well, the other part of it, too, is that you ended up having two young centers get dealt yesterday. Um, And I'm sure Joe Cronin's going to tell us today that, you know, we just didn't, think it was worth the risk. You know, we're not winning anything this year, but you had Mo Bamba get traded essentially for nothing. For Patrick Beverly, yeah. But they bought Patrick Beverly out, so they didn't want anything to do with Beverly. That was just a salary thing. They got a second-round pick. They essentially traded Mo Bamba for a second-round pick and a player they could buy out. You could have traded Justice Winslow. You could Any other player that they want to buy. Like, you could have made that deal happen. They chose not to. Yeah. And then you traded Gary Payton II to Golden State for five second-round picks, and James Wiseman was traded for... Basically nothing. He was a salary dump for Golden State. Yes, he was. You could have made that a swap. Now, again, they're probably going to say, hey, our scouting reports tell us that those guys aren't worth it and we're going to go get somebody on the buyout market. That'll be a priority in the offseason. They'll kick the can down the road a little bit, but for – a team that has struggled mightily, and for a coach that has begged for a little bit of length and not having hardly anybody over six foot eight, to have a couple of centers essentially be given away for free, and mm-hmm. to not go make one of those moves—that—that sure. that added to the disappointment for me. There, there's a lot we can go in through with this. Um, I, I just want to state, like on on the record, get it out of the way right now at six twenty three. Even if we have audience that isn't going to join us till seven or eight a.m., I it was a bad day yesterday. There's. That, that's just cut and dry. Without a doubt. Bad day. Now, let's try to have some nuance to some of this stuff, right? Because it's not just, well, why didn't you go get the best player? It doesn't <laughs> always just work that way. <laughs> so you're not wrong in the what Mo Bamba went for. I want nothing to do with James Wiseman. That's fair. Zero I've seen a to lot of do. people say that. That's he, fair. He's not good at basketball. I've watched him play. He's not good at basketball. It was an awful pick. It's the new... Um, uh, who did the Kings take between Luca Bagley? It's the new Marvin Bagley. That's who he is. He's not good. Ironically, also in Detroit, there you go. Um, so I'm not mad they didn't go get James Wiseman. Mo Bamba I would have liked. The problem with the Mo Bamba accusation or acqui- what it was the acquisition word? acquisition. Thank you. You you weren't moving Nurk. Nobody wanted Yusuf Nurkic. Mm-hmm. Now there's a criticism in there. Because I told you that contract was trash when they gave it to him. Four years was ridiculous. You know, some people say that's the tax they had to pay to get Nurk to sit out to, to tank. Okay, whatever. I still think four years is awful. That doesn't make it less awful. Nobody wanted that deal. Okay, outside of that, I, the one that got me the most was GP because I couldn't have been more wrong. Somebody tweeted me mo- like a month and a half, two months ago and was like, why is he not playing? This is ridiculous. Doesn't seem like he wants to be here. I wouldn't be shocked if they traded him. And I I responded something to the effect of, they're not trading the guy they just signed with their mid-level. He's coming back from a core injury. I was wrong. Dead-ass wrong. I couldn't have been more wrong. It is an awful look for an organization to give up and have to trade the mid-level guy they just signed within the first, like, four months of the deal. But I would also follow up with, do you think they didn't want that player? So... If you would agree they want that kind of player for their team going forward, defensive, lengthy, perimeter, wing guy, ask yourself, why would they just trade him? If you really think it's as simple as, well, they, they went and got Matisse. Matisse wasn't playing. Philly relegated him to the bench. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a, well, we want Matisse instead of Gary. There, I think there was some other stuff going on. And I, I poo-pooed all of the narratives behind the scenes. There was some talk that him recovering from the core injury was real until they saw him playing in the practice facility and was like, you look like you can play. Why aren't you playing? And it there was a real feel, I think, amongst the team that he just didn't have interest in playing. I don't think he was committed to the situation. I think he wanted the money. But this team was never going to be good. He just won a championship. So, like, I'm, I'm not defending the fact that they signed somebody that was an abject disaster here, an awful for their <laughs> locker room. But but I will say, like, I don't think that they thought they'd get that, Gary. And then also, there is the part on him that we need to be laying some of the blame that that didn't work out. Because that's not just the Blazers suck and they're not capable of being a good organization. He clearly was acting and doing certain things, I think, behind the scenes. That led to him being traded so quickly. Sounds like he was going kind of Costanza bodysuit, man. He wanted out of here. He wanted to get fired. He wanted to get traded, which is a really weird look for everybody involved. And it's a really bad look for everybody involved. I think the two biggest the two biggest criticisms that I have early in Joe Cronin's tenure, first and foremost, it is giving Yusuf Nurkic a contract that he did not deserve. You yeah. did not have to give it to him. To give him four years is ridiculous. And that is going to be a ball and chain around your ankle for years to come. I think they trade him this summer. I hope so, too, man. But I also thought they were going to try and package him with a first-round pick at the deadline. And clearly nobody wants any part of that contract. And I don't see why that's going to change. I get... You know, sometimes bad contracts can get traded in the NBA, but mostly when they become maybe one or two years left, like it's an expiring deal. Russell Westbrook gets traded easily. It's an expiring contract. You buy him out, you're out of here. You're not going to buy out three years of use of Nurkic. like that's a really tough part. So that contract in hindsight, not even in hindsight, we all said it at the time, was horrible. Mm -hmm. And they need to find a way to get out of that deal. The fact that they didn't yesterday is a total failure. The other criticism of Cronin is that his marquee free agent signing in his first offseason was Gary Payton the second, and we all got excited. It's defense. How long have we been clamoring for more defense? Like, this is what they've needed. Thank you for focusing on defense. But we all started to get weird weird vibes when he was medically cleared and not playing, and we all started asking the question in November, whenever it was, the timeline's weird, but, like, what's going on here? Now he came in, I thought the first couple of games, first couple of weeks, he lo- looked like he was making a difference. He wasn't playing that many minutes, but it was, you could tell there was a good fit there on the floor, setting screens, playing defense. You're like, all right. And then he just faded into the background and you haven't heard much from him, um, the last couple of weeks. And so to have to give up on your marquee free agent signing, of me wants to give credit to Cronin for at least acknowledging the failure, acknowledging the mistake. I'd give higher percentage than that, but yeah. That's fine, but I'll give him a little bit of that. Like, hey, it didn't work out, and we need to move on. Like, don't double down on a mistake. This doesn't work. He doesn't fit. He doesn't want to be here. Let's get rid of him. But I'm glad you pointed that out, because I have seen a lot of darts get thrown at Cronin here in the last 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Some of them are absolutely fair. Yep. But a lot of this, too, is on Gary Payton II. Like, you signed a three-year contract to come home and you never clearly you clearly never wanted to be here. he wanted to be in golden state and if you wanted to be in golden state then sign a cheaper contract and stay in golden state well, like to come, that's not how that that's, works but to come to portland and never have both feet in after signing a 3 year whatever it was 27 million dollar contract like that's a really bad look for him as a pro i went conspiracy when i first saw he got traded i'm like did the Warriors tell him that they couldn't pay him, so go get his money, and then they'll just get him back if he tanks wherever he goes? I mean, again, I mean, now they do have at least the salary for a full mid-level exception again this summer, so you've yeah. at least you can start over and try again. But here we go, we're kicking the can down the road. We'll have more on this coming up. We got to visit with our buddy KT. We haven't had him on in a couple weeks. We got to get a Super Bowl pick, so we'll get KT. We'll go through his picks quick, and then we'll get back into the Blazers. I need his
2: vodka order, too.
4: Uh, yeah, well, I, I kind of want you to just fade every pick that he makes this week. At this point, like, what does it matter, right? Uh, so we'll get KT coming up. We'll dive back into the Blazers. We'll do that next All right, welcome back in. We'll dive back into the Blazers, and then we'll get to the Super Bowl. Uh, Kevin Todd is joining us now. He has beaten Jason Swygard into submission. He's beat him again. It's over. Well, he's beat him again. He's beat him for the first time. He's beaten the show again. Yes. yes. Uh, he beat Dirt last year. Well, Be- oh, he did not beat me. He beat you. A win is a win. I'm know. i I'm not taking the win away, KT. you got to win. <laughs> i had
3: one losing season on this show. You do know that. Who? I've been with you guys probably about five, six years. Well, hold on. So you're going to
4: blame me for last year. I mean, you made the picks. It what? was your picks against his picks. I didn't lose. I didn't make any of those picks. I didn't want to do that.
1: Well, I would have made I also the pick. beat you last year too, so
4: stop it. Well, I can't remember what my standings were last year, so I got to go check the record. Well, KT,
3: you, you have a ninja. K- KT, you're oh, right. You, you probably got hit. You, you got hit with one of the golf clubs, I bought.
4: <laughs> he probably did. You're right. You you have beaten the show, but could you care to tell our listeners who beat you? When you did lose? You
3: did. You did. You had a, you know, every day. Listen, a clock is right twice a day. You got lucky. You're damn right. (laughs) You're damn right I got
4: lucky, and I'll take it every day. Uh, Well, the Super Bowl's here, man. We're excited for it. I I just want to throw out, I don't know what you have in store for your picks, but if you have a prop, I think I have
3: three props and one side.
4: Oh. Great, because we're going to allow props for this week. Normally, you don't do props during this pick contest, but I think for this game— Everybody's getting a gamble on everything, so I don't care. What's your first pick?
3: Well, for argument's sake, if this game was on a normal Sunday, Kansas City, Philly, and whoever was the home team, that's who I would probably take. But it is the Super Bowl. I know a lot of sharps are on Kansas City. I'm going to go and take Philly. I think if the front four can get to Patrick Mahomes, they have a real good chance of winning the game. I think as of... An athletic quarterback. I think that the Hertz is more of an athletic quarterback than Mahomes, but we all know Mahomes is a better quarterback, probably overall. Kansas City has the worst defense against the pass this year; they've given up 33 touchdowns. I don't like the play. I'm really not strong on it. I'm going to lean towards Philly for this for the Super Bowl. Okay, all
4: right. I like that. I'm going Kansas City, but it's a one and a half point spread, so it's I mean
3: it's just to pick them basically. And let's do this. I got some great props. So my first prop is, in every single Super Bowl since the Super Bowl won, 70% of the Super Bowl opening kickoffs have been taken out of the end zone. So I looked online. They have a prop. Oh. Will the opening kickoff be a touchback or a runback? Mm. If you take the runback, you're getting plus 150. Now, remember, you're getting 70% of the time, the Super Bowl it's always been a run out I don't know why it's plus money I'm going to go with the 70% and take plus 150 it probably looks like a sucker bet but I'm going to get plus money and have that 70% on my side
4: that's a crazy stat because you would imagine Isn't there's it? so much adrenaline that like you're kicking it further than you normally with all the cameras going off and all that so you would imagine the kicks usually go out of the end zone but for 70% of the time that's a high number well here's a question KT so one does anybody on the show right now do you guys know if last year's was returned i have no clue i've never paid it i mean i'm sure I don't remember. I do pay attention to the play when it happens, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Well, and then the other I don't part. of either. I
3: just saw that stat online, so I'm going with it. I yeah.
4: think you're getting plus money just because they've moved that kick up, and we're to a point now where these dudes. Right. Are, yeah, they moved it up from yeah. the
3: thirty to the thirty-five, and they just boot you, the living hell correct. out of it. Yeah, but plus fifty. For my second nice. prop bet that I like, it's minus one thirty. It's a little risky, but will there be a touchdown from? two yards or a rushing touchdown, two yards or less. Mm. I'm going to say yes, because you know, if Philly gets down to the two-yard line, it's four quarterback sneaks. Now, they're the best in the business. So I'm going to take that one prop minus 130. And for my last prop, it's another gamble. It's plus 170. Will there be more than two and a half forward? Will there be more than two people? It's two and a half. The line's two and a half. Would there be more than two and a half people throwing a forward pass in the game? Oh. I think Kansas City is good for a trick play. A trick play. Mm. Yes. Because you, you're already getting two guys. You know, Both quarterbacks are going to throw a forward pass. Yep. And you just need one trick play or a two-point conversion with a trick play, and you win. That's plus 170. I'm going to take a shot with that.
4: The other part of that, too, that I love about that bet is you got two quarterbacks who are banged up. I mean, there might be a moment where Mahomes rolls the ankle or Hurts falls on the shoulder hard. You get a backup quarterback for a couple of plays. Or,
3: or if someone gets hurt.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's a great bet. Yeah. Um, what would you say the odds are on that, KT? Plus
3: 170. Plus one, ooh, I like that.
4: So, KT, I like those prop bets. Super Bowl offers us a
3: million of these things. You know, if you get listening, Listen, a, and you know, let me tell you right now. Yeah. The odds makers, guys, they can't get every single prop bet correct because – you can't set a line for a profit, so they're basically winging it on stats and statistics. So you can really win a lot of money on these profits. That's why Vegas limits to you, I think, to maybe a thousand or or two thousand dollar max on a profit. No one's going to go out there and take a hundred grand or fifty grand. But if you can find a place where you can parlay a couple of these prop bets, I mean, you can make some serious money.
4: You have beaten Jason Swigard, and you beat him pretty convincingly. So he's going to have to
3: owe you some. He's going to buy me a distillery. (laughs) It's not even going to be like a dozen bottles. He's got to buy me the whole plant. Uh, I mean, I'm
2: at least taking us. You know, there's like four shopping carts there when you go into a liquor store. They just yeah, it's (laughs) going to be me with a (laughs) U-haul exactly.
4: (laughs)
3: Now he needs to ask you guys been giving it to him all season or no? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, he has been horrible. Yeah. Social media is not, they have no shame in their game. I see them tearing them up.
4: There's, uh, KT, this is one of the worst pick seasons any of us have had in a season. It just happens to be in a year where he's competing. Do you have a problem with flavored vodka?
3: Well, we spoke. I told him I like cucumber, believe it or not. Oh, I bet you do like cucumbers. (laughs) Oh, look at you talking that smack now. (laughs) (laughs) You think you're funny. Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. I do. Any, other, any <laughs> other
4: flavors you like?
3: Anything else? Nah, not really. That's about it. I just drink, you know what? I mix it with everything, so mm. okay. that's what I like. Okay, you know? well, so. he's,
4: he's going to have to send you, like, a whole crate of vodka at this point because you, you kicked his ass, man. You did it. You, you had a good year, and you wiped the floor with him. I don't know why he wanted to compete so much with you, but it wasn't even close.
3: Even though I won, I'm still sending you the crabs. I will have the crabs out to you. I mean, what day you want me to mail them to you? Oh, I mean.
4: We're around, man. Whatever works for your schedule. Yeah, whatever works, man. I'm, I'm I'll be home. I'm send
3: them out Monday. You'll get them Tuesday. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Let's do this. Yeah. I'll send them. I'll order them on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You'll get them Thursday. You bring them to the studio on Friday. You could call me for the, re- the recap next Friday while you guys are eating. That sounds go.
4: good, man. That sounds great. I like that.
3: Okay, because they will be good for one day because it's going to come with dry ice. Just don't open the box and, until you're ready to eat it because everything will be all set up. And then uh, you guys will be good to go, and we'll talk about it on Friday when you got food in your mouth.
4: All right, Swag will get your contact information because he's going to have to get your mailing address to sh- uh, send you all this vodka. Uh, we expect you to send us your crabs, and we'll send you back well, I'll, our coupon. I'll cut you my
3: address, Brandon, <laughs> okay. and uh, you give it to him, and then I'll send you the crabs Wednesday. You can have them on Friday. I'm going to get you uh, I definitely, you guys want the key lime pie. Okay. There we go. And I'm going to get you, uh, an order of large crabs for three. You get about six or seven apiece. Oh,
4: there we go. Oh, yeah. you're the man, KT. Thanks for hopping on. Good luck on your prop and Last bets question. And... You're, uh, yeah.
3: you guys weren't able to go to radio row. <clears throat>
4: <laughs> no, that's a no. conversation we'll <laughs> no. have to have. <laughs> no. off the end. We got to have that conversation over a couple of vodkas. That's, no, it's uh, oh, no, not God. going, not going to
3: Radio Row.
4: No. One of these days, though, KT, we'll all go together. Yeah. Hey, it's in Vegas next year.
3: Oh yeah. Huh? Oh my God! Listen, you, know, you remember the last trip we went out there?
4: It was a good time. I'll
3: never forget, man. <laughs> I'll never forget. Well, let's
4: get you on next week, and we'll get your address and get that going. All right?
3: Perfect. I'll send you my address now, and I'll, I'll send those crap out Wednesday. All right, you there go. you go. Thank
4: you. There was Kevin Todd. He's joining <laughs> us. Uh, he's beaten Jason Swigard in submission, and uh, I, I don't, you know, he's one of those like he loves to joke with you and make people laugh at you. But when you make people laugh at him, <laughs> it throws him off. And I think the cucumber thing threw him off. Oh, for yeah. a loop. He was not ready for that, and he didn't know how to respond. I can't wait for some crab next week, man. Yeah. That was great last I gotta time. i got to find
2: a local distillery. Uh, Crater Lake doesn't do a cucumber vodka, so oh. somebody knows of a local, okay. an Oregon distillery that does a uh, cucumber vodka. That's what I said Him Crater Lake last year, too. So Yeah, so they, they do a lot of different stuff, but right. uh, not cucumber. There you go.
4: Uh, Alright, let's, uh, let's get back into the Blazers. We didn't get all our thoughts on the Blazers, and then we'll dive all the way into the Super Bowl. We have, uh, let's see if we got yeah that okay great um i got a kansas city guy that's not working with me come on kansas city well we got a philly stop i'll work on a kansas city stop and we'll dive all the way into the super bowl we'll spray the line at 8 30 a lot to get to we'll get to the blazers next (laughs) urban magic johnson 10 hours ago tweeted i like what the trailblazers did before the trade deadline adding (laughs) matisse thiable and cam reddish let's go baby magic's on board (laughs) uh it's the blessing we're all looking for Did you catch Quick yesterday on primetime? I did catch Quick on primetime. I thought that was an interesting interview. It was, yeah. Um, Look, it it wasn't a good day, and I I don't know if Joe Cronin's going to be a good general manager. The history of the Trailblazers tells us he probably won't be, and all of our (laughs) hopes and dreams will be dashed this offseason. Everybody's saying, hey, don't worry. This offseason, they're going to make a big move. It, It is, after all, the Portland Trailblazers. I mean, even the greatest general manager in team history, Bob Witsit, eventually <laughs> inflamed flamed out, right? Well, and I think a big part of this, too, like I kept thinking yesterday of, you know, the Suns' sale goes through. They have this new – what's his name? Ishbia. How do you say his last name? Ishbia. Ishbia. Ishbia, yeah. So he takes over control of the team. Yeah. Rich-ass dude. Mm-hmm. And his, his first order of business is essentially – Let's get this thing done. Now, I know it's easier when a player wants to go to your team. Pulling off that trade is simpler. It's it's a lot easier, yes. But, I mean, he essentially gets on the phone with Brooklyn's owner, and, and they they hammer – when I'm reading through the details of how that trade went down, it was the two owners of the team that were on the phone like, what do you want? I'll give you anything you want. We want Kevin Durant. Four first-round picks? Go for it. You want my best young player? Bridges? Go for it. You have him. Cam Johnson, a good young player? Go for it. Like yeah. There was just an aggressive nature from ownership that – That I got really jealous about because I think we can all nitpick coaching and general managers and all that. Like ultimately at the end of the day, you you have an ownership situation that does not care. And I don't care who wants to try and tell me that they do. It just it's a terrible situation. And you desperately need somebody to come in and buy the team and pump some energy and life back into this fan base because Jody Allen ain't doing it. Well, there was all I mean, this happened in the summer. There was a new ownership change in that league and a huge trade was made and it's not worked out, but I think I went on the air and I said, I like it. Your organization's been nothing but irrelevant. You're at least trying something, and I still think that they're going to be fine because they've got assets they can move to get some of the assets they traded back, and that team was Minnesota. Ah, yeah. There is always a new big trade when a new owner comes in. You I think, make a splash. I think when Mark Cuban took over the Mavs, he made a huge Rafe LaFrance signing. <laughs> Rafe LaFrance. Blazer legend. But you see what I'm saying? Like yep. That was an awful move, and... To what you're saying, Kevin Rant's probably not an awful move. They might have won the West with that move. They could win a championship or multiple championships. But, like, to your point, man, he also wanted to play in Phoenix with that team. That was already a talk before he even owned them. And yesterday I'm listening to the interview, and I just I kind of found it a little odd. Why are we praising Neil Olshay? Yeah, I don't I don't get that. What, slant what is, is that about? The dude's not in the league. Yeah. If any team wanted him, he'd be in the league. He's not. I don't know how you see the last four years of that and think that was good. I don't care that they got their asses kicked in the first round or that they had some fluky season where they got to the West Finals. He rolled out Alfru Camino and Mo Harkless for like five years in a row. He refused to break up Damon CJ at the height of CJ's trade value. Yeah, he overpaid him. He paid him to be a star and he wasn't a star. He traded two first round picks and drafted Zach Collins after never scouting him. <laughs> like, I, I I don't need I don't need Joe Cronin doesn't need flowers. I don't need to cape up for Joe Cronin. Yesterday was a bad day. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was a little odd in nature to like, I don't know, parade around what Neil did. Who cares? Neil sucked. He did. Like, I don't, I don't need to hear that the culture was better or they went to the playoffs. Like, dude, in this city, this city largely celebrates stuff like making the playoffs every year. I'm not one of those people. I am not either. I don't care about getting my ass kicked in the first round and never being close to being a title contender. Over half the NBA makes the playoffs every year. Yeah. So like, yeah, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. You would assume maybe we'll be wrong. Maybe they get in in the play-in or whatever, but I I just thought it was a little odd. It wasn't a good trade deadline, and I'm okay with evaluating, like, what happened with the Gary thing, where they're going with Jeremy. Why couldn't you move Nurk? Well, I think we know. We know, but, We know the contract sucked, and I didn't want to lose trade asset. You talked about attaching a first. They don't have picks to trade outside of second-round picks because they have the Chicago situation looming. Well, you could have traded the one you got from New York, but Uh, that also has significant protections on it, too. But you can also... You can also give that New York pick to Chicago to get your pick back and be done with it. You can, and so then or if you, you make the playoffs this year, you're done with it too. Then then you free up four picks in the next you know whatever rounds. And and look, it sounds the most blazery thing ever. <laughs> well, let's see what they do in the summer. I, that's awful. I know how everybody feels when they hear that. They roll their eyes. But it really is for me. Yesterday, it's abundantly clear you're either making the necessary moves from that front office in the summer. Or Dame is gone. There's no other way to sugarcoat this. This ain't another three, four-year situation where we wait for the kids to grow up and become great pieces. No, they need to make the necessary moves this summer. You need to figure the Chicago thing out. You need to attach draft capital. And you need to go get guys. I know. Story of Portland's entire existence is that, right? Wait till the summer. And I'll tell you the same thing I'm telling you today at the trade deadline. It's an abject disaster and a failure if they don't return anything this summer. And it's like one niche piece. You signed Jeremy and you're running it back with some of the younger guys. That's a disaster. And that to me is a recipe to lose Damian Lillard. And I don't want that, but that's what the situation is. But I, I'm not parading around Neil Olshay today because they had a bad trade deadline yesterday. I can think of a few bad trade deadlines that the Blazers had under that previous guy. Well, I think that was the the tough part for a lot of fans, even, was that yesterday kind of reminded you of a Neil O'Shea trade, right? It was, let's get some more assets. Let's make some moves around the margins. Let's not do anything significant. And... Hey, we'll see how it works, right? This guy's a. Cam Reddish was a lottery pick. Did you know that? Like, we're doing the Kevin Knox lottery pick. But they're so, not. They're not but until I know we hear I know. what he says tonight. He's not. We don't know if he's going to do that. That's a Neil thing sure. to do. Cam Reddish was a top 10 guy. Like I mean, I mean, I guarantee you that'll be part of their spin because they tried. They have to put a, a good face on what they pulled off at the trade deadline. We'll see how he says it, though. I think it's different to say, you know, he was versus like. And we're taking a flyer on Cam who's young and hasn't found himself. Like, I think they're going to word it that way, but that is different than going, well, you know – we got a top 10 player from the draft. <laughs> yeah, I, I view it as the 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 same thing, just a little bit different BS slant, right? They're, they're, they ultimately ended up being very similar similar trade deadlines. Your only saving grace, if you want to hold on to any level of hope as a Blazer fan, is that ultimately Joe Cronin's not going to be the same as Neil O'Shea. You don't have any evidence really right now to point to the contrary. Outside I, I of he would was, largely disagree with he that. He was willing to trade C.J. McCollum. There you go. But that was, I mean, if you didn't trade C.J. McCollum, you don't belong in an NBA front office. Like that was the most obvious move of all. I know. I know. Neil O'Shea didn't do it. This is why Neil O'Shea was terrible. And I don't want to relitigate the last eight years. I, I almost hate to a certain extent that we're like turning the clock back. Hey, remember when they made the playoffs eight straight years? Like that did nothing for anybody. I I agree. Making That's the playoffs for eight straight years doesn't matter. Like yes. to me, the Blazers right now, I don't like looking backwards. It's all about looking forwards. Now that might sound frustrating because again we're saying, hey, wait till the summer. That's exactly what the organization wants you to believe. But it's not about what you did over the last five years. It's about where do you go from here and how do you find a way to improve the roster? Yeah. The the only silver lining is that you're you're hoping that this is going to be different. He's not married to his guys. He's not married to Anthony Simons. You're willing to listen. You're willing to take a big swing. Their ability in the offseason will be a little bit easier because you're going to have clarity on the pick. If you don't make the playoffs, you have your pick and likely a New York Knicks first-round pick. Now, your Chicago problem still exists with a future pick, but you could trade seconds. You could take the protection off the, the pick. right yeah. you, can, you can swap that. You can maneuver it. Mm-hmm. And you would have two first-round picks this year, which gives you a lot of ammunition to make a trade this summer. If you make the playoffs, then the Chicago problem done because then the pick conveys to them. You're back to freeing up your picks. You also have New York's likely first-round pick this year, and you could trade future picks as well. So either way, you're going to have clarity on that likely this offseason and be able to be a little bit more aggressive. I think the reality of the deadline was that that hamstrung them, and part of me is actually a little, a little happy that they didn't make a big-time move for a player that's not going to make a difference. Like, that was the other part of Neil O'Shea that was terrible. And again, I hate that I'm now looking backwards and doing the same thing. But, like, they traded a lot of draft capital to go get Robert Covington. Robbie Covington is a fine player. He's not a difference maker. He's not going to put you over the top with the roster that you have. Larry Nance is a good little player. He's not going to put you over the top with the roster you have. This roster is not a position where it's like, hey, man, are we like one decent wing away from competing? No, you have no bench. You have no size. Your center doesn't want to be here. Like there are major issues with this roster. And so the notion that, you know, being a little bit more aggressive, I was all for it if there was a move out there that does legitimately change your landscape. But if it was just a move to appease fans of like, Hey, we did something. Now we're going from the eight seed to the seven seed. I get out of here, dude. I'm not using future draft capital for that. Now, will they, will they let us all down in the summer? Probably it's the blazers. They've let us down for basically 50 straight years, but, I, I, part of me is at least glad that they didn't make one of these dumb moves to trade future draft capital to go get a small forward that's averaging 11 points per game. A uh, couple more thoughts because you brought up something I want to talk about in hour two, and then we will pivot hard into the Super Bowl. I promise. I keep teasing that. I feel like I've teased it for two days, but I really mean it. So we'll come back with one more thing, and then we'll dive into the Super Bowl because we need to talk about Kansas City versus Philadelphia coming up on Sunday. Hour two and spray.